Once more unto the breach, dear friends, else close the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, aspirationally, boys and girls. Uh, welcome to the Personal Wealth Coach. This is Jake McClure. On the line with me, I have... Jeff McClure. Uh, together, we are bald. No, together, we are the Personal Wealth Coach and, and bald. I'm glad you got that straight. Yes, we have to establish, this is full disclosure, you guys need to have uh, total knowledge of the fact that there are two bald men with beards talking to you at the moment. This podcast is called The Personal Wealth Coach, and that's also the name of an SEC-registered investment advisory firm based in Salado, Texas. Now, the fact that it's registered with the SEC doesn't mean that the SEC approves or disapproves of anything, neither, neither does the secretary, whoever the secretary is, and this tape will destruct after it's listened to the dated yourself this tape will destruct your podcast tape is about to self-destruct that's why you can't find the tape in it anymore (laughs) it already has self-destructed because it's too old right uh being listened to on a twa airplane on a company from a twa doesn't exist anymore either and uh, the information that we do present in this podcast, we get from sources we think are very reliable, but we don't make any guarantees as to the completeness or the accuracy of that reliability or anything else. We just do the best we can. The information that we're providing during this podcast is not considered investment advice. This information is educational because investment advice means that we know exactly who's listening and we can custom tailor all of our advice to them. So prepare to be educated. Um, there have been some massive moves in the market this year. Huge moves, not just in the market, but specifically with certain parts of the market. Um, Tesla, which I think anybody that's listened to us very long, we, we kind of like them as a company, not as an investment but as a a company for innovation and what they're doing, we would like them as an investment if they weren't so extremely overpriced right now. Um, And let me kind of give you some numbers on that overprice. As of the 31st, which is when they reported their earnings, the price-to-earnings ratio for Tesla was 1,410. It would take 1,410 years of this year's earnings to pay back the price of a stock. So if you were just paid your earnings year by year on your stock, 1,410 years. That means that if, if we were to give this a historical context, you'd be talking about the year 600 roughly. It's like five, 599 that you would have to do this in the current era. So you would be in the middle of the darkest of the dark ages, which means that we have like three written documents, period, during that entire century from the United Kingdom. Uh, and that's how long you would have to hold the stock in today's earnings to buy back the price of the stock in today's earnings. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I think that Tesla is fantastic and it's likely that Tesla is going to be here for a long time. That's not knowable. But this kind of price would mean that everyone 
would have to own a Tesla. Everybody. They're priced higher as a uh, market capitalization. They're at nearly $700 billion. They're approaching a trillion dollars. Um, and that's, do you have some things you want to say about this? Well, you, you, you basically said it, the fact that a number of the companies in the, in the S and P 500 at, that are right at the top, the top 10 particularly are generally priced as though they will never be an end to the pandemic. And they generally priced in such a way that, for example, Amazon is priced in such a manner that it would basically have to take over all retail business in the United States and most of the rest of the world to justify the price of the stock if you're using traditional valuations that the market tends to return to at some point. Same thing is true as Tesla. Tesla is a wonderful company. It's doing wonderful things, and it's leading the pack in, in electric cars right now. But the Apple even is getting into the electric self-driving car business. Uh, at least that's a rumor. General Motors, Ford, the big companies are pouring a lot of money into this. So right now, frankly, Tesla doesn't have any competition. Yeah, and just you, you mentioned this. General Motors has a market cap of just under $60 billion, $60 billion. While Tesla has a market cap that is more than 11 times that size. It would take 11 General Motors right now to equal one Tesla, which doesn't make any sense because they're both making profits. The price-to-earnings ratio for General Motors is 18. That means it would take 18 years of today's profits to to buy back a share, which puts it in a reasonable market position and that they're working on new technology as well. They're they're probably a decade behind Tesla on batteries, except here's the problem with using time as how far you, behind you are. It took a decade for Tesla to get this far ahead. But technology has continued to advance. And now Tesla has a massive amount of uh, sunk cost into the gigafactories using the current current and advancing slowly technology on lithium batteries. There's been a lot of new innovation in that area over the last decade. And now it's up to the next company to build on this new technology and spend a lot of money on it. And then they could be the ones that are 10 years ahead because it takes about that long to get these factories brought up to speed. Uh, So it's not that it takes 10 years to catch up to a 10-year lead. It takes a new technology to do it. And as long as you're charging it with electricity, it works. So General Motors and, and just about everybody else and their uncle are working on battery-driven electric cars now. That is going to be the future. There is no doubt about it at this point. Uh, it's becoming more efficient to use electricity and battery than it is to use fossil fuel. But the act of becoming means that we have not come near the edge of this technology yet. It means it will be phenomenally less expensive at some point in the future, just following the same trajectory to continue to lose, use electric versus fossil fuels. The only people that will continue to use fossil fuels are the people that do it as a hobby. They will want to do it because it's a cool way of doing it. And it will become harder and harder and harder to find gasoline for your car over the next several decades. It's just because it's a cheaper technology that's coming out. Uh, and this, I think they are, you know, Apple got 
driven up quite a lot when they were the only folks that had a smartphone. Uh, and for a while, they were the only people with a smartphone. And then uh, their competition started coming in. Uh, we had the Android system and Samsung. Uh, but then Apple made these deals with AT&T and several of the other providers that said, hey, you'll only, uh, we're only available on AT&T if you have an Apple. Well, why did they do that? Well, because they had a big part of the market share and they could make a lot of money by doing this. They cannot make that deal today. There's no way that Apple would go, could go to AT&T and say, uh, pay us a lot of money to be the only one selling the iPhone because there's just too much competition for the iPhone. It would hurt Apple and it would hurt AT&T. Same thing is true, by the way, in other areas of the market, for instance, uh, well, we're, as a matter of fact, there's some antitrust lawsuits that have just been filed against uh, Amazon, Apple, and AT&T. And Facebook. A, Facebook, rather, not AT&T. Not AT&T. Right now, Amazon and Facebook and Google dominate the online advertising industry. They are accused of price fixing, and they probably have. They've, they've got uh, Google and, well, it's actually Alphabet. And Apple have signed agreements or arranged agreements where they would fix the prices of online advertising. That happens from time to time, but it also goes away. Now, what will replace Google and, and the other major tech firms out there? I don't know, but something will. It comes along. It used to be, and I'm old enough to remember when AT&T, which, by the way, the stock symbol for AT&T is just T, which should tell you something about how solid and historic it is. AT&T, General Motors, Ford were absolutely sure things. And the oil companies, Exxon. They were the big tech. And if you may, you may recall that General Motors went bankrupt at some point. We tend to forget that at this, uh, along the way. But when they went bankrupt, their stockholders lost all their money. Um, Exxon is down to the point where it's almost a penny stock. Not quite, but it's down that far. And it used to be the steadiest, most certain stock out there. Even General Electric, which at one point was the largest company in the United States and was considered solid as a rock, has declined rather dramatically, and it's having a lot of trouble trying to figure out how to survive. These things change from time to time, and when they do, we just need to be we need to recognize it's going to happen. We're almost out of time. Yeah, um, we are almost out of time. Basically, what we're saying, and we'll talk about the parts of the market that are underpriced next hour. I can give you some quick references, though, Toyota and General Motors are both what I would consider underpriced right now. Toyota's market cap is about $215 billion, but their price-to-earnings ratio is 16. General Motors' price-to-earnings ratio is 18. And I'm not recommending that you buy these. It's absolutely the farthest from it. But to give you an example of a high stock and a low stock at the same time, both of these companies could make some bad decisions and go away. All of these companies could. So we're, what we're saying is that the market has some tremendous overprices at the same time that it, it still has some very fair prices and some underprices. So there's really good news for still being able to uh, make some good returns into the future. Uh, but we're about out of time for this hour. Uh, we actually do give personalized financial and investment advice, which has, you know, we're giving it our, our educational stuff out on the air. 
we can talk to people of high net worth directly and give our advice through our fiduciary firm, the Personal Wealth Coach. Uh, and if you would like to contact us off the air to get that kind of advice, the phone number for that locally is? 254-947-1111. Or you can reach that toll-free if you still have a landline at 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. You can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. Uh, we've got our newsletter up there, we've, and you can sign up for it. You, we've got our, a whole series of recordings of the radio program, and our new podcast is being linked up there this year. Um, and you can contact us through the contact form or directly in email at jeff at tpwc.com or jake at tpwc.com. Thank you for listening, and we appreciate you guys more than we can say.